0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right. Good stuff. Um, uh, Yeah. All right. So very quickly, I want to share something from God's word. We titled it Pressing into the Overflow. Um. Josh, if you can just be like, are you gonna play throughout the mess? Oh yeah, my keyboard is here. God bless you. Yes, yes. Alright. This is my keyboard is like <laughs> we literally live on we live on the same street, right? Yeah, okay. Let's hand let's clap for that, eh? like encourage him. Just play spiritual songs, right? Like hymns, but just move in and out, like contemporary spiritual songs. Just feel the way you can feel how I'm preaching. Just <laughs> All right, John ten ten. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and they may have life in abundance. All right. Uh, Today we consider a topic we've titled "Pressing into the Overflow." When I was thinking and praying about last this year, last year, one of the things that God impressed in my heart was that this was going to be for me, my family, and I suspect and I believe also for the church a year of invitations. Uh, and one of the things that would, you know, was explained to me as I prayed about that was that there are certain places that we do not plan to go to simply because we have not been invited to. For example, I don't know how many of you are planning to attend the Grammy ceremony this year in person, not not from your living room. You're not planning to go because, not because you don't want to go, but because you have not been invited to. Right? If you have been invited... Uh, and you want a plus one, let me know. Uh, okay? Uh, there are places, there are weddings, you just hear about the wedding. Sometimes you do not hear about the wedding. You see the picture later. All right? Uh, but you want, you would have liked to go. You behave like, well, as far as you're not invited, you really didn't want to go. But God sees your heart. <laughs> it pained you small, small. And so, there are places that God is going to give you invitations to. And for someone, it is not a party. For someone, maybe it was a board meeting. So, every time they said they were going to have a board meeting, you wondered what they were doing there. For someone, it might be a wedding. Your wedding. Yep. We prayed last week. Ah, We prayed. I used to think that life pointers just form and don't like all this anointing, anointing oil, anointing, wet deed But you guys took every ounce of anointing we had in the room last week. <laughs> and we thank God. Jesus presents to us, talking to his disciples in John ten ten, a life that is more than just enough. A God who is more than just enough. There's a way you can live in Lagos, Nigeria and think that, because part of the reason why we constantly struggle about everything in Nigeria is because we, we know that there's not a lot of it eventually. So we really struggle. Even for road, we struggle. You know. And there's a way you can you know, live in Lagos, Nigeria and believe that man's existence is meant to be in a circumstance that there's not enough. In fact, I studied, my first degree is in economics. And one of the things they say to you about economics is a study about how we use uh, scarce resources. Yeah. So from a young age, they start telling you, resources are scarce. All right. But Jesus says here that I have come that you may have life. And have that life in abundance. God wants to reach. He wants to heal, you know, free, bless you fully. He's not interested in you just getting by. And that's one of the reasons why this year, as he said to us, do not limit me. We've tried to, in different ways, talk about how it's important that we would stretch our mind. Now, the mind we used in 2016, 2017, 2018, the mindsets are not sufficient to walk in the fullness of this season. Okay, so we need to press into the, to press into abundant life. When you see Jesus walking with his disciples, you see him painting pictures of abundance, right? When he he shows up before, you know, his disciples had been fishing all night. And he says to them, hey, look, would you try this way? Um, Luke chapter 5, verses 5 to 6. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. I think Jesus, I think God is just dramatic. And sometimes in scripture you just see him doing things extra. Okay? Because he does it so well that you know when Peter and the guys calm down, ever so often the Bible will say they just fell down and started to worship. When in John chapter 6, they say, he says, where would we get food for the multitude? They bring him a couple of, a boy's lunch. But Jesus doesn't just provide food for everyone. There is then some to take away. <laughs> um, I declare and pray this year for you. You will have enough to take away. Okay, you will have enough to take away. Right. When he speaks to Israel, bringing them out of Egypt, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. Picture he he pens for them. He says, For the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and promagnates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and of whose heels you can dig copper. So we cannot reduce God to our circumstances. We cannot reduce God to our minds. We cannot reduce God to our history. And so, church, as we come to the end of this fast today, our charge is, you know, the Bible says, can two work together except they be agreed? Our charge is that we will, as a church and as individuals, press into the abundance that God is bringing. That you would press into the overflow. That you would press into the overflow. Our plans reflect the company that we believe we have. Ever so often, when you want to get a place in Lagos, you get an agent. One of the first things the guy will ask you, What is your budget? You are planning a party, you get an event planner. She'll say to you, So, Nat, what is your budget? I'm I'm not looking to spend much. How much are you planning to spend at your wedding? Six million is a secret. I could speak to you about this, but I'm just going to take the higher road. Um, is your girlfriend in church? But she will listen to you. I see what you mean, <laughs> wise man. Wise man. What is your budget? And you speak of your budget based on like kind of what you have. You Kind of think, well, how much? How much? Ah, how much did Daddy say we can spend on this wedding? Ten million. He says, I only have one million. I say, sorry, I cannot plan your wedding. I'm so sorry. Hundred million. Two hundred million. But I'm I'm using the knowledge to say, look, on what basis are you planning for this year? On what basis are you planning for your life? Falabi? On what basis? When you think of 10 years from now, Kunle, on what basis are you planning? Are you planning based on... I know you're an economics... You know, you got a PhD from a great school. So you've plotted economic growth of the country you think you are going to be living in. You've kind of tried to figure out what income you will be earning. You've factored inflation. You've discounted for whatever else, right? But how did you plan your future, sir? How did you plan your future? Tell the person next to you, tell them, press into the overflow, press into the overflow. Mm. So we must refuse to reduce God and what he wants to do in our year, in our life, to just circumstances, to our history, to just the things that we have seen before. So a couple of things to note. This is very important. A couple of things to note. One is that you must increase your confidence. You must increase your confidence. Our trust and our faith in God must grow this year. Our trust and our faith in God must grow this year. God, when Jesus, when he describes faith, uses the concept of a seed, a tiny seed. And I said last week that for a tiny seed to to become a plantation, it must be planted somewhere. By itself, it abides alone. But that there is somewhere you put your faith in. There is an environment for faith to grow. There's an environment for faith in God to thrive, sir. Little one, the scripture says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of the sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates in it day and night. farmers would talk about the use of fertilizer. Um, I remember some months ago uh, um, like I was trying to get uh, I don't know whether they trying to get my daughter's hair to grow and you know so like I just see them in the bathroom and I know one time I saw them and I was teasing my daughter about this because they had taking eggs. Guys I tell you this I was there. Eggs. And they'd mix it with Something. And I poured into my poor daughter's hair. Yes, my my rich daughter's hair, you know. (laughs) So I was telling this girl, are they making an omelette in your hair? (laughs) But all this is just to get the hair to grow. And grow it will. (laughs) Guys, you know. When they said it was beard gang season, you know what you did. (laughs) <laughs> ah, you did palm oil on one side, spirit on the other side. That's not how I'm growing. Mine is natural. Don't, don't let them deceive you. But for some of you ladies, it's your edges. You try to, don't know that you got your grandma's hair. <laughs> and she had no hair. But <laughs> I've been praying, Lord, edges come out. Flourish, flourish. (laughs) But it's good to pay attention to those things. But would you let your faith in God grow this year? Because where you and God are going, your faith needs to be planted. Planted. And we cannot reduce faith to a mechanical concept because it's spiritual, but yet it needs to grow, sir. And so Jesus would talk of people and say, O ye of little faith. I like in John chapter 4 and verse 42, the Samaritans who had now had Jesus for themselves would tell the Samaritan woman who had come to them, and, you know, had talked about Jesus, they would say to to her, look, we we no longer, it says, now we believe not just because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. I like it. It means that my confidence in God is not just because of what P.I. said. It's not just because of what a bishop said but that I have interacted with God for myself. Hebrews 10, the writer would say in verse 35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. This year your confidence in God needs needs to grow. It needs to grow. It needs to grow. Tell someone next to you, tell them you need to grow your faith. You need to grow your faith. Yeah. I look, for, look at the other person, the one you've been ignoring all service, and tell them, I, I just want to encourage you, but you need to grow your faith. You need to grow. You need to grow your faith. Yeah. You need to grow your faith. I said to myself as I was preparing for this, how it's amazing the things we do have faith in. When you enter a plane to travel, especially when you're going abroad. The joy in your heart. You're not asking who is... You don't even ask who is flying the plane. You don't want to know. When he's trying to introduce himself, him, so you do pilot. Who cares? Fly the plane. When are they serving food? You know? Look at me in first class or business class. It's not my real seat, but this is me here. You, know? you sit down. You don't, know, you, you don't really... I tell yourself, all of us on this plane, all two, 300 of us, and all our Nigerian luggage... Which is of big dimensions, by the way, that we're going to be suspended in the sky for six, eight, ten hours. Going, you don't, you just, who will get there? British Airways. They will take us there. <laughs> Sometimes when you fly local, you kind of have to pray first. You pray in the spirit and God, I commit. But when you're flying international, you, you don't even pray. Your mom calls you to pray. Mommy, it's okay, it's okay. but you have faith you trust God some of you have faith in your employers 25th I will will sort you out on the 25th, don't worry I work for Exxon Mobil we are paid on the 25th promptly 8pm but where God is taking us to that place of abundance requires a people who are willing to trust God. Who are willing to trust God. I say to myself as I'm preparing for this, how some of you do sports betting. Eh? <laughs> say, Pierre, don't go there. Let's, I, I won't go there fully in this service, but how you can take the money God gave you, trust people who don't know you, and predict how their game will end. Tell somebody it's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new year. Second thing I'll mention this morning as we talk about pressing into the overflow is would you let God use you this year? What can God do with you this year? Where can He send you to? What can he require from you? And this one has been strong in my heart as we prayed. Just a sense that anyone who would say to God, I am available, send me, tends to experience a different dimension of God when compared to the people who approach God casually. Anyone who would say, I'm going to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Anyone who would say, I want to be about my father's business. And we live in a world that needs the hand of God. I made a brief detour on social media this morning. The harshness, violence, and it's nice, this nice stuff on social, but man, people need the hand of God. And the elections coming in a couple of weeks, please vote, will not solve all our country's problems. It's the truth, it's the truth. Those who would see abundance. Jesus says life and life in abundance. There is something about service for God. Serving God. Serving God. That brings you into a place where you experience things that other people do not experience. The servants who had used the talents. The master would say to them when he came back. Enter into the joy of your master. So there is joy reserved for those who serve. Will this be the year that you would consider serving God in one capacity or the other in church? Even outside church. We do need people to serve in church. Lots of people. But even outside church. It was yesterday, I think, or two days ago. Uh... It's dropped in my heart. So sort was of like we have there are prostitutes in our in our city. <sighs> like prostitutes. Tell your neighbor there are prostitutes in our city. Because <laughs> somebody's looking at me like, what did you say in the house of God? Prostitutes. Yeah, Sunday morning. But it's true. Hey. Because we like to pretend. And before some of you got saved, you used to use them. <laughs> some guys say, P.I. just preach on. I don't understand. Why I drag up the past? But I just want to remind you. Because all of us are saying, no, we can't. who is going to reach out to prostitutes? My, my wife is saying, you just don't even think about it. You ain't going nowhere. Which outreach to prostitutes? You're not going anywhere. You <laughs> know? <laughs> I perish that thought! Natty saying nobody's taking me near there. My father is a beast. Your father is a dick in a How will I tell my daddy I'm going to reach out to prostitutes? Which prostitutes? Because somewhere in our minds we've decided that these people are they, are they are going to hell, first class tickets, and we will not be contaminated with their leprosy. We will not. No, no. God forbid that we even send them emails. But I sense that their, their, their. So when God says, do not limit me, what do you think he's talking about? Because I know that what we think immediately is, God, oh, <laughs> I was thinking of, I was thinking of Toyota Camry, but <laughs> if like, Pierre, you're going to bless me with a G-Wag on red letters, says, Lord, I'm not going to limit you. Bring it on. <laughs> ah, oh, Lord. Ah, did, oh, I was thinking of just five shoes, but Lord, I refuse to limit you. I will take a dozen, and God will give you a dozen shoes. But the Bible says it is those who's, who are bringing the gospel. It says those, how beautiful are the feet. It's people who preach, The people who preach gospel are the ones that are supposed to wear fine shoes sir. But who is reaching out to the prostitutes in Lagos State? Who is visiting people who are in all sorts of prisons. Physical, emotional, mental prison in our city. Who is reaching out to the gangsters, the bus drivers in Lagos. Because we struggle with them every morning. And we're just muttering, Lord, I'm trying to maintain my anointing. I'm trying to sing this song that... Uh, Messy we was singing on the radio. But Lord, you know these spies are trying to tame the flesh. I'm going to cost them, Lord. I'm going to cost them. See, he's almost scratching the car you gave me. And then you just, you just lose it. Okay, see you want to bring out the, Christ, the non-Christian in me, right? And he said, Lord, I apologize. But we will we'll keep on struggling with them until someone lets God use them. Until someone decides enough is enough. 6 a.m. one Sunday morning. You go to the pack. Because they've got packs. When they they kind of unleash them from one center, you go to the pack with some of your friends. Then you set out big breakfasts. And since the fast is over, I can describe. Put sausages there. They've not seen sausages. Big bins. What else, guys? Help me. Sorry? Cereal. What else? Waffles. Yes. Yogurt. And you tell them it's free from Jesus. (laughs) And they say, really? I'm telling you. And as you feed them, you play Fala B. Noel on the side. Right? And as they listen to the music, you begin to teach them the gospel. As you teach them the gospel, you hand them highway code also. And then before you know what's happening, they say you are the downfall preacher. You can take a picture for social media. But who will reach out? Who will God use? Because sometimes our inaction is literally stopping the blessing and the abundance of God not just over our lives but over a generation. Government will not Fix our country. You have not seen the cars they drive in government. It's not the kind of cars that people who want to fix countries use. The luxury is too much. I will not, I'm not a political person, so I'll just let's not go. But my point is there is so much that God wants to do in your life. Tell the person next to you. Tell them, serve God this year, serve God, serve God this year. Tell them you, you cannot remain spiritually idle. Uh, you can't. You can't remain. I know you want to, I know you are very focused on the, th- the, the thing you think you want to become. But would you hear the call of God over your life? The third thing is a requirement to grow up. In Christ this year. So I put in my notes, how much will you grow spiritually this year? How much will you grow spiritually this year? We're just finishing a 21 day fast. But would you set out three day fast, seven day fast all across your year? Before we call a vigil, would you set a vigil for yourself? Instead of showing up at whatever club your people take you to on a Friday, would you take, tell them one Friday? Instead of going to club, let's do night vigil. You, you read from Old Testament, you from New Testament, you pray for Nigeria, you pray for future, you pray for this, you pray for that. Maybe the club will reduce small. You save small money. But First Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the sincere, pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As we press into the overflow, the abundant life this year, I sense that there is a calling upon us as a church and also as individuals to grow spiritually. Paul is saying in his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, that you will no longer be babes, children, tossed toe and fro by every wind of doctrine. You will no longer be susceptible to, he says, the craftiness of cunning men. They will not shift you toe and fro by everything that is trending on social media. Where you can hear from God yourself. Where you can pray and things will happen. The Bible would say concerning, I think it's Joshua, it says there had never been a day like that when God heard the prayer of a man. I was right, thinking about that. I said, but who said that miracles, miracles, so people will say to you, oh, miracles ended with the early church. But miracles were not a characteristic just of the early church. They're a characteristic of God. It's his habits. It's his habits. So who said to you that you cannot lay hands on someone who has HIV, AIDS according to scripture and they will be healed? Because we have tried to explain why we shouldn't hope anymore. And if there's science that heals it, oh fantastic and we thank God for it. But as far as there's no science or the person cannot access the medicine, God has put the power in your hands. God has put the power in your hands. Who said you cannot prophesy? In fact, I was preparing for this. I remember that old, there was a song. And, and this one, if not, if you know it, I'm buying you lunch. <laughs> and it's not a Christian song like that. But it has prophet inside, right? It says, where, where are the prophets? Do you know the song, Where Are The Prophets? It's like a reggae song. Uh, if you hear the whole thing. That's very smart. You really feel smart today? <laughs> no, but serious. Don't you know that song. Probably you know it. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but what, how does it go? Aha, uh-huh, that one that goes, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, yeah, yeah. All these like, people are like, what is he singing? What is he talking about? It's like an old song. But I heard the song. And I, it's, in, it's interesting. I'm like, so where are the prophets in our generation? Where are the teachers of the word? Where are the apostles? Uh, tell the person next to you, you have to grow up. You have to grow up. Tell them you have to really grow up. You really have to grow up. I've been wanting to tell you for a long time. I didn't know how to tell you, but this occasion presents me. I can see a wife telling her husband, yes. Bambo, you have to grow up. Bambo's <laughs> huh? like, this is why I don't like sitting in front. Pierre just calls me again and again. And you're sitting in front, you're wearing white shirts. How will I not call you? All right. But seriously speaking, there is weight in your destiny. There is. Jesus would tell his disciples, "I have stuff to tell you. He says, "But you cannot bear it yet." Paul would say, "By this time, you should be doing X and Y." I said it last week, I think, on the Midweek service, that the Bible is not a reference book for Sunday. And for Wednesday. It's actually a way of life. It's what we build upon. Let me say the last one and then we'll pray. There is a concept, and I see it in scripture a bit, called the harvest of righteousness. The harvest of Righteousness. So in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, when he describes the kingdom, he says the kingdom of God is not in meat and meat, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when you think of priority in the kingdom of God, righteousness is right up there. As we push into 2019, One of the things that you you must be insistent on is that you must see the harvest of righteousness. Uh, So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I think verse 8, I think, where Paul begins to say he will give bread to the eater and seed. Bread to the eater and seed to the sower. He begins to pray for the church. He says he will increase your store of seed And some translations will say he will cause the harvest of your righteousness to overflow. And so you know that we receive righteousness as Christians in the New Covenant, not by the works that we have done. We receive righteousness as a gift from God. We then live out and work out that righteousness. In Proverbs chapter 14, 34, the Bible says righteousness has the ability to exalt. Okay. It says, but sin is a reproach to any people. All right. Isaiah talks about the work of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quietness and assurance forever. 2 Corinthians 9:10, he says that he will cause the fruits of your righteousness to overflow. He would increase it. Preparing for this, I just realized, look guys, one of the things that will surely get us into the harvest, into the place where God is talking about abundant life, is when we are standing up for righteousness, living righteousness. Ah, Sin is a limiter, if there's such a word, or a limiting factor. I know we don't like to talk about sin because we're a church in 2019. But we cannot modernize the gospel beyond scripture. Sin is a limiter. Investing in sin will, so investing in sin will limit the hand of God in your life. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. It says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. So grace did not change God's disposition towards sin. Grace empowers us. The Bible says that we are no longer slaves to sin. So we, we, you don't preach the gospel and pretend that sin is not a real thing. But I feel strongly a need to encourage us as a church that we must not treat sin lightly this year. I'm a work in progress. Oh my God, I am a work in progress. My wife will tell you I'm working work in progress. My children will tell you that I'm working work in progress. But will you in this year do what the writer of Hebrews says? Where he says, letting go of sin, the weight sins that so easily beset. It says because they reduce speed, sir. They reduce speed. As I was preparing for this, one thing, and it was consistent with the word we received as a church, Elevation Church, was that certain people, some of us have settled into certain sins. We have decided that, well, this one, ah, oh boy, it's not, it's not that it's when you compare it to the one that my neighbor is doing. Because I see that that sugar boy he has no fear of God at all. No fear of God. Even during the week, he brings girls home. Thursday, I saw him. One fair girl. I don't know that one. She has not come before. Friday, a different girl. Saturday, I think he brought two girls. No fear of God. My own, I don't really bring girls like that. No, I don't. So I know that at least if there's a queue I'm entering before Chuka. So my own scene is just... This <sighs> is pornography, because I'm not really there in person. You know, it's, you know, I'm not really there. And I just like, it's just entertainment. I want to be able to, I'm preparing myself. So when I get married, I don't, I'm not, my, my spouse is advantaged. I'm coming with experience. I've seen it. I'm not really participating. No, no. I watch it casual. Ah. For someone, it's masturbation. For someone, it's not even sexual related, but malice. Even when you put on makeup, We can still see it in your eyes. They will greet you in church. Hi. You will eye their father, their grandfather, their destiny up and down, and you walk past in the house of God. You can't even hear the angel tapping you behind. God in this year is providing grace. For us to deal with long-besetting sin. For someone, it's gossip. The violence with which you descend on people, known and unknown. You are ruthless. Someone is just stealing. Stealing. Electronic stealing. You say you are into IT, but we know you're not into IT. Someone you are doing is catfishing, Abi? Yeah. investing because sin in itself is a limit and and I speak this very carefully and honestly to you as your pastor that there is something called the harvest of righteousness you see it's not and we don't plan these things so people should want to share their God experience when Pastor Delacroix came this morning I was just you know preaching about you know sexual purity I was like hey tell them tell them Preach it! I was going to shout at the back. Because that thing has a harvest, sir. It has a harvest. It has a harvest. There is a... I think it's one of the Psalms, and I love it. I think it's maybe Psalm 73. David will say, the writer will say, look, it says, my feet nearly stumbled when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It says, until I entered into the sanctuary of the Lord and I saw their end. Sometimes with righteousness, it, it's like you're going on a marathon and sometimes it looks as if you are slow. It looks as if you are slow. You see, everybody's collecting bribe. Which one is this? See, we all go to church now. I will not come to your church sometimes. Life went dark. I come sometimes now. You can do better than this. Look, your car, your car looks like it can be upgraded. Your share is $10,000. We don't collect bribes. I'm really sorry. I tell the person next to you, we don't collect bribes. We don't collect bribes. No, we don't collect bribes. Yep. The harvest. Will someone let righteousness thrive in their heart this year? Because when we say no, <laughs> it's a bit sudden, you know. I didn't see you there. Because like that, I just look left, and there's a guy trying to take a picture. But just take a good one. Let's get my good side. Eh? <laughs> when we say no marriage, no sex, sir. Eh, let me just come down this alley since we're here. Why? Is it for me? No. Your sexual destiny is not my business. I hope you understand. I'm trying to, patiently with, with my wife, work out my sexual destiny. Abby? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> I am. I'm, I, I pray that you will be sexually fulfilled. But until the day that you are married, tell them, I am, I am walking in the abundance of God. No marriage, no sex. In fact, we've even told the life point, guys. We don't even do kissing anymore. At least we're, we're on sabbatical. Ah, yes. We're on sabbatical. No kissing. He said, but we're not sleeping together, but uh, I'm giving him, uh, we're doing oral sex. Well. i Oral sex. And the damn will say oral sex. No, 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 no. Because no. that's sex in it. He so said, I'm giving head. No head, no tail, sir. Tell the person next to you, we are harvesting righteousness. Tell them, no, 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 tap them, shake them. No head, no tail, we are harvesting righteousness. Hey, I said it too. My name is Idris Belos, I can stand by that message fully. Because you cannot be giving head and coming to church there, I was worshipping. Even the angels are trying to caution you. Sing gently, sing gently. Because, no, 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 no. Because we live in a dispensation of grace and mercy. And so the mercy of God is sufficient, it's, it's, it's abounding for you, sir. But you know, Bible speaks about how sometimes people can fill their cup to a place where their hearts. So even though the mercy is still there, they've pushed themselves. I mean, we can. Why would we fast for 21 days if you have you have decided that this year I'm going to collect bribe? You you should go back or you should collect your fasting back. You should. some guy who came with his girlfriend to church, like, "Why I knew I shouldn't have come this Sunday. But I tell you the truth from God's word. That there is a way we can position as people with God that says it does not matter what is happening in Nigeria. And just you think, just in case you think that The key to a better life is let me get out of this country. You have not heard what is happening in some countries. Because they want to build walls somewhere, they've been arguing for a long time. They're they're not paying them. They didn't pay people. Our president and their president are okay. Go to the UK. They don't know where they are living. We're not living You have to, except God has sent you out of this country, stay here and make it, sir. Righteousness exalts a nation. This year we will bring fruits of righteousness. Yeah, we will. We will bring fruits of righteousness. Favor is a fruit of righteousness. They will call you from places you did not even think you would have been called Huh. they will give you jobs that are beyond the qualifications. You are the one who will be pointing to them. I don't, I don't have They say, don't worry. We see how bright you are. We think you can do it. You will see a guy. Eh? You say, it's the guy of my dreams. Forget it. You have not dreamt about this guy yet. Tall like P.I. Handsome. <laughs> Handsome. Song talking. Only hugging for now. It doesn't pressure you. Rich, 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 brother, rich, rich, brother, <laughs> or about to be a rich, but he's you know he's about to uh, express the rich. some guys are like, up "Here, no, don't spoil." Rich, brother, you, eh? Rich in the world, yes. God does not make mistakes with our lives. Because there is an overflow. There is an overflow. I end in 2 Kings chapter 13. And I really, when I say I end, it's not like when pastor will say I end and the message will not take off again. No, I'm really, really ending. In 2 Kings chapter 13. And some of you, when we end this year, we will not recognize you. And it's not because you will have a new wig on or you'll have changed your makeup. No, you, you can do that as God prospers you. But it's 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 you know, it's how Josephs. Just focus on Second Kings. But I can tell you this: how Joseph's brothers. You know how can you not see your brother for how many years? Then, but he's been so blessed by God, right? That they don't have a clue. In fact, what it was, they thought he was dead. Even his accent had changed. In 2 Kings chapter 13 verses 14 <clears throat> It says, Now Elisha had fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died, and Joash the king of Israel came down to him and wept over his face and said, O father, oh my father, my father, the child of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said to him, Take bow and arrows, and he took unto him, bow and arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow, and he put his hand upon it, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And 17, and he said, open the window eastward, and he opened it, and Elijah said, Elisha said, shoot, and then he shot, and he says, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apec until thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wrought with him and said, thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syria till thou has consumed it. Whereas now thou, has, thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And I remember pastor saying, at the beginning of this year that we need to be, we need to essentially double your hunger for God. The king here did not take full advantage of the arrow of deliverance. We must not let any sort of apathy deny us access to the power of God. You must not let anybody, in fact I put in my notes yesterday that you cannot listen to any old prophet who tells you anything contrary to what God is telling you. Should, you should seek God. You should seek God. You should develop a hunger for the supernatural and the will of God in your life. So this morning, we'll pray and then we'll go to the communion table. So bring the service to a close. But your prayer this morning is, Lord, um, I want to see Abundance. I want to see an overflow. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, and life in abundance. But I will not stand in your way with spiritual immaturity. No. I will grow. I will not stand in your way by small thinking. No. I will stand, Lord God, serving you. I will take every prophetic action that I need to take. Obedience to God's word. Listening to what the prophet says walking promptings of faith, sowing seeds. I will pray. I would confess your word. I would hold on to my confession. I would grow my faith. It is not in vain that the house of Israel is serving God. It is not in vain that LifePoint is serving God. We keep on talking about the distinction between those who serve God and those who don't. This is our year. This is Aya. Would you hold the hand of someone beside you? And would you just pray in the spirit if you do not mind? Would you just pray in the spirit? Lahabahosh. Laya Bosab Ragadash. For some reason. Just pray in the spirit. Maharab Ragadosh, Kalebahazata Rebrigadesh, Kalibo Kosoto Brigadesh. E bosata harabragadash. E Maharabadabash Ebu Rahizakaraba. All over this place. It doesn't matter whether you're ushering or the technical stand in the multimedia booth playing here on the stage. I want you to just pray in the spirit if you can. If you don't speak in tongues yet, it's fine. Just go ahead and worship God. But I like us as we spend this time in prayer to both reverence and hunger for God. I like us to be honest in this prayer. I like us. uh, The presence of God is here already. He's looking for those, the Bible says, whose hearts are turned towards him. That he may show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for those who trust him. Uh, Peter would say, Lord, is it you? If it is you, bid me come. He's looking for hearts that are extending beyond just the realms of normal. He's looking for those who will honor him. He says, if my people who are called by my name, who humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. He says, this is what I will do. He's looking for such a people. So would you pray for the one whose hands you are holding? And would you declare a blessing over their lives? Would you declare that this life will not limit God in any form, in any shape? Would you declare nothing missing, nothing broken over that life? Uh, Would you declare that they carry the presence of God? Would you declare that their life is not an argument with God? Would you declare that they walk without? The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? would you declare that they bear forth fruits of righteousness the Bible says that he will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater will cause their store of seeds to increase so would you pray that first for them and declare that the harvest of their righteousness righteousness has come through Jesus Christ. But where is the harvest? I'd like you to begin to pray that everything that is needed to bring forth a harvest of righteousness over the life that you're holding, would you declare it comes forth? It is not just a small harvest. It is not a small harvest. I'd like you to pray. Would you declare that they are not unfruitful in their knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? Would you declare they are bounding in knowledge. Would you declare they are bounding in peace. They are bounding in joy. They are bounding in joy. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would you declare they are taking root downwards into God and bringing forth fruit upwards to his glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would you declare that they will stand like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, those who honor me, I will honor. Would you declare that they are among those who are not God? Would you declare that they hear God? And when God says, who will I send? Would you declare that these are numbered amongst them who will go? Yes! And I'd like you to just begin to declare an abundance, an abundance. I don't know what words God will give you as we pray this prayer last over them, but I'd like you to just begin to declare an abundance. The prophet will say, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. So would you begin to declare over that life, over your life, over life point, over the Elevation Church, that we declare the sound of abundance of rain. It does not matter what looked like it had dried up. There had been no rain in the city for three and a half years. But Lord, we declare the sound of abundance of rain. We might not yet see it with our eyes. We might not have been told in the weather reports. But Lord, we make bold to stand in the presence of God our Father today. And we declare that we hear the sound of abundance of rain because we have met with the one who is the rainmaker indeed would you speak one more blessing take another minute speak one more blessing always oh, free. I'm
1: a child of God yes I am in my father's house is a place for me I'm a child of God Yes I am, oh who the sun sets free, see that, who the sun says, free indeed, oh it's free indeed. Oh I'm a child of God. Yes I am in my father's house, in my father's house. There's a place for me I'm a child of God yes I oh I am chosen I am chosen not forsaken I am who you say I am come on sing it out not against me I am I am I am who you say I am. You are for me. not against me. I am who you say I am. I
0: am who you say I am. It says, for I received from the Lord that which I have delivered also to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. 1 Corinthians 11, 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 3, and he says, And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones leave? And so I answered, O Lord, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Toss," says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall leave. I will put sinews on you and put flesh and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall leave. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bone came together, bone unto bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them also. But there was no breath. And he said unto me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this lane that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them. And they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. As we share the communion today, he says we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And we understand from scripture that when we proclaim the Lord's death, we actually also proclaim our life. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And yet not I, but I live. It says the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lives through me. And as we take up the communion today, I I ask that you would prophesy life. I don't know what looked like it was dead so far, but I ask that in the name of Jesus, you would prophesy life. Prophesy life over yourself, over your family, over your business, over your career, over your walk with God himself. Declare that this is my life. This is a year of life in abundance. This is a year of moving into the overflow. And so Father, we bless this elements. We receive Lord God with excitement and faith. The opportunity to share in the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do this in remembrance of you. We declare that we have life and life in abundance. Sweet Holy Spirit, take over. Let no one who shares of this communion today remain the same. Shift things. Let there indeed be a rattling in the heavens and on the earth. Do that which you and you alone can do we give you thanks Uh, the the band will lead us in worship the ministers and the pastors will bring the communion elements your way once you receive it I would like you pray in the spirit to go ahead uh, take it you will have to peel the top uh, cover to to access the bread and then the wine under it. but take it in faith pray in the spirit and then prophesy life in Jesus name
1: oh my that the highest king will welcome I was lost, but he brought me no oh, is love for me. Oh, love for me, yeah. Oh, the sun sets free. Oh, it's free in thee. How much I Yes of me I have your life flowing inside of me I'm your son I'm your daughter I'm your friend I'm
0: Do you know the first lines of Blessed Assurance? Could we sing
1: that? I'd like
0: to sing about two minutes. Jesus, Jesus is
1: mine. Come on, church, let's sing. Oh, what a, God. oh, what a of glory, of glory divine. There are salvation. Portrace the blood, portrays the blood
0: spirit, born of, born of the speed spirit. 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 in his blood. chapter 4 verse 24 that we put on the new man which after god has created righteousness and true holiness lord we declare it's a new season for us we thank you for doors opening all around we thank you lord for life we thank you for resurrection we thank you for a new thing that you do amongst us we give you thanks our father we give you thanks our god all around us please could we just spend one minute to say thank you to god in advance Let's thank him for the strength to go through this fast. Let's thank him for every word that we've received all these 21 days. Every prayer that we pray. Let's thank him for his help all this season. Oh Lord, we say thank you. 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 Lord, we say thank you. Could we take the chorus just one last time? Lord, we say thank you. It
1: assurance. Jesus is mine Come on, say, this is my story, this is my story.
0: Bring the service to a close, uh, we're gonna take our offerings and uh welcome those who are with us for the very first time and a couple of announcements. Thank you so much for coming to church. But before we do that, we have a couple of people from uh what is essentially a, a sister church of ours, and uh they'll tell us in two or three minutes about a special event. I have been to the manifestation. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church to download more free messages. Please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash life